This is Life 101 from Jay Jones coming to you from the wonderful Studio 1911 in Euclid, Ohio. Hello everybody out there and welcome to Life 101. It's been a long time since I had a chance to connect with you one and all. I pray you've all been spared from the outbreak of the COVID-19 virus. I've missed speaking with you. Now that we're back, I have plenty to say. So sit back and get ready for the ride. As usual, any comments you may have can be addressed to me on my Facebook page, Mr. J. Look for the classic red 1970 Cadillac Coupe DeVille convertible. When you see it, then you'll know you have me. So let's get to it. How's everybody been? Uh, like I said, I hope everybody's been kind of spared the, the, the ravages of the COVID-19 virus. And I hope everybody's been safe out there. Remember, wear your mask, do what you got to do, people. I'm going to get right to it. Uh, May 25th, 2020 is a date that will live in infamy if you're a person of color. It was on that day that the world witnessed George Floyd lose his life after a police officer kneeled on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. During this time, he could be heard pleading for his life, saying he couldn't breathe and calling out to his late mother. While the man may not have been a saint, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. It was not that police officer's right to be judge, jury, and executioner. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And the funny thing about it, the man was nonchalant as he was sitting there kneeling on the brother's neck. And you could hear in the background, if you listen to the video, you could hear uh, people telling him that, you know, uh, he can't breathe. Can you hear him? And he was uh, the police officer who has since been charged with his murder was sitting there nonchalantly as if he was just going to the store or something like that. And he wasn't the least bit concerned. And that in itself, people, is pretty bad. See, now, I'm a child. of the, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. And to think we're still fighting battles that our grandparents and our parents marched to try to avoid, that's pretty sad. That is pretty sad. Now, if you watched this happen live or if you watched the video, which has been shown multiple times, and if it isn't appalling to you, then I hate to say you're someone that doesn't have a soul. That's really that's that's really the the whole the whole nine yards of it. If you don't feel the least bit sickened by what you saw, then you just you know you need prayer. You need help, real real bad. And like I said earlier, the fact of this is this is nothing new. The only thing is now with the advent of camcorders and telephones that can do video recording, it's more prevalent. But this has been going on, and I'm almost 57 years old. This has been going on since I was born. And it's been going on in our grandparents' and our parents' time. And people, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. Like I say, it just seems like it's open season on people of color, black, brown, yellow. You know, it's it. What's what's up here? We need to do something about this, because the thing of it is, 
each and every day that I get in my car or my fiance D gets in her car or my children get in their car, I'm always in fear that they may not make it back home. I'm always in fear that we're in danger. And it's so disheartening to me that in the year 2020, police are killing people of color as if they have a license to do so. I mean, what's up with that? What's up with that? I mean, people like Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Oscar Grant, Sandra Brand, Freddie Gray, Tatiana Jefferson, who was shot and killed through the back window of her house while she was caring for a nephew and they were playing a video game. Betty Jones, Laquan McDonald, a young brother who was shot 16 times by a police officer who has subsequently been sentenced to seven years in prison. I mean, in, in some instances, believe it or not, these murders wouldn't have even come to light if it hadn't have been for a video camera. So, I mean, I mean, have we evolved? Have we changed? No, it don't look like we have. And the thing of it is, like I said, if it wasn't for the advent of video cameras and video phones, this would keep going on. It would keep going on, excuse me, unchecked. And thanks to that blue wall of silence, police officers aren't going to tell on their own. So we got to start doing something about it. Now, peaceful protests, they are bringing this terrible situation as they to, to light. And try as they might, the powers that be are trying to divert your attention from the peaceful protests to the looters and to the people that are trying to cause rioting. And to the looters and to the rioters, I say this, you're a very sorry and selfish individual or individuals because to try to take this situation that affects all of us and turn it into something where you can get personal gain, I think is pretty piss poor. I think it's pretty sorry because at the end of the day, you're taking away from what what we should be doing and, and, and trying to, and you're taking away actually from the message that we're trying to get across. Because see, seriously, the focus should really be on the fact that a lot of people of color are losing their lives and they're losing their lives. They're unarmed. They're not a threat to society. Like our Mr. Philander Castile, forgive me if I mispronounced his name, he was shot and killed merely trying to reach and get his permit for carrying a firearm. And his girlfriend and his daughter had the unfortunate pleasure of watching him die. Come on, y'all, it's got to stop. Because see, guess what? Today is them. Tomorrow, it might be you. It might be your son. It might be your daughter. It may be your mother. It may be your father. So on the strength, we have to do something about this. We really have to do something about this. And the sad thing is, it's not, it's going to take more than us people of color. It's going to take white people 
to sit up and express their outrage about this situation. Because if I may paraphrase Dr. King, he once said that, uh, excuse me, I have to make sure I get it right. It's something to the effect that when history notes these situations, they're not going to note the, the, the volatile and vitriol of the people who condone acts of violence like this. History is going to remember the people, good people, who remain silent and who don't say nothing and just figure time will wait it out. Well, that time has come, people. We have to stop this from happening. Because guess what? When they run out of people of color, who's going to be the next target? Will it be Irish? Will it be uh, French? Will it be German? Will it be uh, the Asians? We got to stop this. Because guess what? And this is for you Christians, quote unquote, who read their Bibles. And uh, on that note, I'm a little salty that you have not heard anything from these evangelical Christians, the uh, evangelical right. How come they haven't spoke up? Because in the Bible I read, it says that man was made in the image of God. And people, we are all brothers and sisters in the eyes of God. So how come they haven't spoken up? Oh, but they're okay turning a blind eye to your president and all the, the, the misdeeds that he has done, but they haven't said a word about this systematic killing of people of color. Well, somebody has to shake their tree. You know what I'm saying? Somebody has to get these people out of power and out of office. And I'm going to address voting later, but this is an end result of people who don't vote. You got to pay attention to what's going on. And once again, I must get back to the looters and the rioters. You're playing right into the powers that be hand. Because if they can divert your attention away from the true problem, then that problem will continue to go on. The trick of it is like, look at your president, what he did with Colin Kaepernick in 2016 when he was kneeling for the same thing that's going on today, trying to bring attention to police brutality. That's all that brother was trying to do. But Mr. President changed the narrative to be about the flag and the national anthem, which I find to be very you know, self-serving and a double standard considering that you had five deferments in Vietnam and you had daddy buy your way out of it with bone spurs, but those bone spurs don't seem to bother you on the golf course some 271 times at the expense of taxpayers. Come on, y'all. We gotta wake up and focus, focus, focus. Continue these peaceful protests. Continue talking to your congressmen, your senators, your local representatives. This has got to stop because one day it may be you, it may be me, it may be my son, my daughter, my future wife. This has got to stop. I mean, it's, been, it's over hundreds of people who have lost their lives unarmed complying with the police 
It's got to stop, y'all. And the more you the more you look away and say nothing and do nothing, the more it's going to go on. The more it's going to go on. There is no end in sight. Come on, people. You got to get tired. You got to get tired. You know, my mother-in-law is 86 years old. She can tell us stories about this going on in her day. And this is the 30s and the 40s, people. It is now 2020. And we're still fighting the same problems. Check it out, y'all. In case y'all don't want to believe it, we all bleed red. Regardless of if we're black, white, brown, yellow, blue, green, or three shades of purple. We got to stop this serious business. Because at the end of the day, the only colors that are important out here are green, silver, gold, and platinum. And how much of it you have. That's really what's up. And truth be told, you are doing your children such a disservice by teaching them that it's okay to not like people because they don't look like you. You are doing your children such a disservice. Because let me tell you something, black, white, blue, green, or purple, I could care less what color a doctor is if he's going to save one of my loved one's lives. I don't care what color the firemen are that come into my house as long as they can put the fire out and keep my house from being destroyed. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I don't care what color the police officers are as long as they're not going to put me in a chokehold and kneel on my neck and kill me or my loved ones. We got to stop all of this. And then to the United States, here we try to sit back and be the majority, the moral majority of the world. And, you know, that's the one good thing that has come out of this man's murder. It has put us on blast. The whole world can see us for the hypocrites that we are. We're trying to worry about other countries' human rights, and we haven't taken care of the ones that, that are here in our own country. My late mother used to always say, clean up your own house before you try to clean up mine. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's serious business. That's serious business. We got to get it together, people. Because either we're going to perish, we're going to stand together, or we're going to perish apart. Like, like the old saying, united we stand, divided we fall. This isn't the, the United States of white America. This isn't the United States of black America, blue America, brown America. This is the United States of America. And each and every person here is a hyphenated American. Unless you are Native American, you are a hyphenated American. So let's stop tripping. Let's stop thinking that we're better than one another because we all bleed the same. And guess what? <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the ugly truth, people. We're more alike than we are different. Believe that. We're more alike than we are different. And check it out. 
We got to stop this, y'all. Rioters, looters, that's taking the message away from what it really needs to be. We got to win this battle using our brains and not our brawn all day long. <coughs> Excuse me. The late Dr. King was right. The nonviolent way is the only way we're going to bring about a change. That is the only way we are going to bring about a change. And speaking about a change, black America, we got to strengthen ourselves. Black America, we got to get ourselves together. We got to get our Sierra Hotel India Tango together. And you know how we do that? First and foremost, my brothers and sisters, we got to put God back in the family. We got to start praying together as a family. We got to start going to church as a family. We got to start doing more things together as a family. Serious business. And brothers and sisters, we got to man up and woman up and start being daddies and mothers to our children again. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop trying to be our children's friend. We got to stop trying to be buddy-buddy with our children. We've got to raise our children. Because if we don't, this world is going to raise them. And guess what? You know what? The world don't give a damn about us. So it's up to us to give a damn and start teaching our children. Men, teach your, men, teach your boys how to grow up and be men. Teach them how to be responsible. You know, as my pastor, Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark, likens to say, you can't make a sweet potato pie without sweet potatoes. You can't make a man without a man being there. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I was pretty much raised by my mother. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm happy to say she did a, she did a hell of a job because I didn't want to be no criminal. I didn't want to be out here on the corner slinging, getting my serve on. I wanted more than that. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of that came from that extension cord, that broom handle, that the hot wheel track, and that backhand across the lips every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying just beat the hell out of your children and beat them into submission, but you got to chastise your children. You got to raise your children. You have to teach your children right from wrong. And brothers, it's imperative that you be in your children's life. Like I said, your wife can't teach your son how to be a man. Your woman, your baby mama can't teach your son to be a man. They need you for that. And here's another reason, <coughs> excuse me, while it's important to man up and be around your children, especially if you have daughters. Because guess what? If you sad and sorry and absentee, you telling your daughter it's okay to pick somebody that's sad and sorry and absentee. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Charity starts at home. You know what I'm saying? Brothers, show some backbone. You did what it took to take to make that child. Do what it takes to take care of that child. Serious business. Be responsible. 
Serious business. You don't want kids. Go to the drugstore. Keep some condoms in your pocket. Serious business. Sister girl, stop trying to trap this brother and think that he going to settle down. It don't work like that. Because one thing I don't understand about a lot of you sisters, why would you go ahead and get pregnant by a brother when you know he already got two or three other kids and he ain't doing a damn thing for them? Come on now. Come on now. Stop all of that. And then you get bitter and you take that bitterness out on the child. When the child ain't got no, it ain't got no responsibility for being here. Just like he can go get some condoms, you can go get some birth control pills, diaphragms, etc. etc. But when you make a kid, take care of it because you know what at the end of the day, and I have two children myself, and neither one of my children asked to come here. I did what it took to make them, so I'm doing what it takes to take care of them. And y'all ain't no better than me. And that's just the real. That's just the real, 100% real. And one other thing that burns me up, that sets me on fire, is when I hear you sorry brothers and sisters talk that smazak about what the white man ain't gonna let you do. That is the most defeatist attitude in the world. And by saying that, you are already conceding defeat. Because check it out. I'm f almost 57 years old. The playing field probably ain't going to never be even. But that's no excuse for getting up off your Alpha Sierra Sierra and trying. Go out and do what you got to do. Or as my baby D loves to say, you do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. You know, you, you got to do whatever it takes because at the end of the day, your landlord don't care or, your, or the mortgage company, they don't care how you work to get that money. All they want to know is you got, do you got my rent or do you got my mortgage payment? East Ohio Gas or Dominion and, and the Illuminating Company, they don't care. All they want is they dough. So at the end of the day, if you got to flip hamburgers at McDonald's and sweep the streets, then by golly, do what you got to do. That, that there's no, There is no law saying that you have to settle and stay there forever. But you work hard until what you want to do comes along. Take a class. There is no excuse for not trying to better yourself. Like I've always told my children, and it's the real, there is only one difference between the have and the have-nots, y'all, and that's real. The only difference is the haves get up off their ass, go to work, and make it happen. The have-nots sit on their ass and make excuses why it's not happening. That's the only difference. That's the only difference, because hey, I can talk this I can talk this talk cuz I walked the walk. I worked two jobs for over 20 years. And I've been on my full-time job 26 years. And I still found time to go to to the Ohio Media School so I could fulfill my dream of doing what I'm doing right now. 
and I and I worked a full time job while doing it. So you can't give me any excuses. If you want something bad enough, get up off your credenza and do what it takes to make it happen. Because the only things that fall in your lap are rain, snow, and bird droppings, and not necessarily in that order. Ain't nobody going to give you anything. And if you do, and if they do give you something, whoo, you best believe it's got something attached to it. It's going to be strings all over the place. You know, when my my baby's father passed, at his when she was delivering, having her words, one thing she said was that my father took pride in the fact that he didn't owe anybody a dime. And all this man did was get up every day and go to a construction site, and he went to work. That's all you got to do. Get up off of it and go to work. You know what I'm saying? Okay, if McDonald's ain't paying you enough, find another job along with that McDonald's. Go to school, you know what I'm saying, while you working. There is no law that says you cannot try to better yourself. And guess what, people? Your children are watching. Your children are watching. So if you're sitting on your ass making excuses, blaming the white man, blaming everybody except that man in the mirror, guess what you telling your children it's okay to do? You letting your children know that it's okay to be sorry. It's okay to make excuses. I ain't having it. I'm not having it. You know what I'm saying? One thing in my household, my children always understood. When it comes to school, I'm not playing with you. As a matter of fact, I used to tell them all the time, how deep I go in my pocket depends on how well you doing in school because I got to work hard for this money that you want me to throw away on you. And school is your job. So if you're not getting good grades in school and you're not doing good in school, you're not doing your job. So therefore, you don't need to be paid. And another thing, my son, he told my daughter, he said, you might as well get used to him talking like this because he's going to say it until you're going off to college. Because there is no other way. You have to educate yourself. You want to do better for yourself, get some education. And you can do it while you go to work. Okay, you may not be able to go pop your fingers and shake your rump at the club all the time, but that's a small sacrifice to get where you want to get in this lifetime. You ask anybody who made it in this lifetime. They ain't going to tell you how easy it was. They're going to tell you about how hard they had to work to get where they're going. And you know what? Hard work don't kill you. Hard work makes it so you can afford everything you need to relax. That's the benefit of hard work. You know what? Do it. Because that's the only way you're going to have something. Yeah, you may get over for a minute hooking and crooking, but tell me something. Can you walk down the street and not be looking over your shoulder? Can you be in your car and every time you see 5-0, you get nervous? Who wants to live like that? Yeah, I get nervous, but for a whole nother different reason, and we talked about that earlier. But at the end of the day, stop making excuses, people. 
Because see, you know what? If your kids see you striving, guess what they're going to want to do? They're going to want to strive too. Because as little as children are, they are always watching. They're watching everything you do. And when they're young enough and they can't understand it, <coughs> excuse me, uh, when they get older and can put it into words, they're going to call you on it, especially if you haven't been about your business. And that's really, 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 really real, people. So at the end of the day, as my late mother used to say, I'll show you better than I can tell you. And that's the best way to show your kids is by getting up every day, getting out there, getting after it. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. I work 12-hour shifts. And it's not easy getting up and getting out that door. It's not easy at all. But you do what you have to do. One thing I always ask my children before I go to work, I always ask them, why do I do this? And you know what they always come back at me with? Because you love us. And you got to love your kids. You got to love yourself. That's how you're able to make things happen. You got to love yourself. And you got to love those around you. That's how you make things happen. And that's how we're going to strengthen our families. And not only black families, but families. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we going to do it. Now, I got to talk to y'all one minute serious business about COVID-19. People, this is serious. I'm talking about heart attack, triple coronary bypass surgery. Serious. At this time, while I'm speaking to you, over 128,000 people have lost their lives. You hear me, people? A hundred over a hundred and twenty-eight thousand. That's more people than we lost in Vietnam and World War II and the Korean War. That's a lot of people, y'all. But the thing of it is, we gotta be proactive about this. We have to self-quarantine, y'all. When you go out in public, wear your mask. When you go into an establishment, Wear your mask. <clears throat> Seriously, because guess what? At the end of the day, it not only can save your life, it can save somebody else's life. Y'all, excuse me one minute. Tally, bring me some water. Serious business, people. We got to wear our masks. We got to wash our hands. We got to, you know, use hand sanitizer. We got to do the social distancing thing. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you may think a lot of this is restrictive, but ain't nothing as restrictive as a pine box and being, being put in a hole that's six feet deep. Do what you got to do, people. Seriously, if you have to put off clubbing it for a minute if you got to put off being seen out there somewhere do it do it you know what i'm saying live to live to be out and about another day y'all it ain't nothing hard to wearing a mask it ain't nothing hard to taking your rump home 
It ain't, no, it ain't hard to wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. It ain't hard to walk six feet, you know, keep some distance between you and the next person. You know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do, y'all. We got to stop this death knoll, you know? And the fact of the matter is all these states and whatnot that opened early, they're experiencing a spike all because they chose to listen to the wrong people. All because they chose to listen to the wrong people. What we got to do, people, we got to look out for, you got to look out for you. I got all, I got mask in my car. I got mask in D's car. It's mask in the car my son and daughter ride in. And we ain't out there unless we absolutely have to be out there. And that's serious business. Because sometimes it's about sacrifice. Sometimes it's about doing what you have to do. Don't sleep this virus, y'all. It's serious. It's serious. Don't sleep this virus. Because if you sleep this virus on the strength you may be going down for the eternal sleep. That's all day long, y'all. And my final topic to you, to you good people out here today, my final topic is the importance of voting. Excuse me, one second. It goes without saying, y'all, we got to vote and vote in droves come November 3rd, 2020. Because we've got to rid ourselves of Donald J. Trump and the, all of those who are scared to stand up to him and fear that they'll wind up in one of his tweets. We gotta get them out of there, y'all, because they don't have our concern in mind at all. This man is incompetent, and he has no business representing our great country. He has made us a laughing stock on the world stage. He has capitulated with men such as Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un, ruthless dic dictators who he aspires to be like. And as you see, he already feels he's above the law he feels none of that, uh, he doesn't have to be accountable, excuse me. He just feels like he can do whatever he wants. And those enablers in the Senate, people like Mitch McConnell, who are just giving him a blank check to do whatever he wants to do. Come on now. Do we really want four more years of this? I mean, look how he's botched the handling of the COVID-19. A whole month went by before he even gave it a second thought. Remember at his rallies, he was talking about it's just a democratic hoax, just like the impeachment was a hoax. But those toothless lions, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, <coughs> excuse me, Ted Cruz, oh, don't get me started talking about Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio. That man denigrated them, denigrated their families, talked about them like they were 
dogs. And now their head is so far up his posterior end. It's just, it's just, have you no decency? Have you no pride? How do you look at yourself in the mirror? It's, it's just, it's just amazing to me. This man has abused the law in every turn. He has enriched himself on those over 200 and excuse me, over those 270 golf excursions that he's been on. And if I remember correctly, before he, he was campaigning, he was talking about how he was going to be too busy for golf. Well, he's already at 271, if I'm not mistaken. And this is less in a less than a four year period. And guess what, people? Every time he tees up, we're paying for that. Because if you notice, he only goes to clubs, golf places that he owns, which is against the law in itself because he was supposed to divest himself of his business interests, but he's steady putting money in his pocket and we're doing it willfully. That's what really, really gets me. That's what really gets me. This man inherited an economy that was thriving. Compliments of Barack Obama and Joe Biden, but he's taking the credit for that. This man has saddled your children, my children, our grandchildren with a trillion dollar tax cut that only benefited his wealthy cronies. I don't see where any of it's trickled down into my pocket. I really don't. I don't see where we've benefited from him giving corporations these big, ta big tax breaks and he is trying everything in his power to do away with the Affordable Care Act. Why would you want to take health insurance away from people who wouldn't ordinarily have it? Because he's got some kind of a hard on for President Barack Obama and he wants to do take away every every measure this man instituted. He wants to continue polluting the world. He wants to just carve up our national parks and the eunuchs in the Senate and the Congress are giving him that power. And if, if a person lies to me more than once, I'm really not going to want to have a lot to do with them, let alone a president who has told over 20,000 lies and untruths and still counting and still counting. I mean, the man lies for the sake of lying and all this supposedly expert business acumen he was supposed to have. And he always professed to being, uh, if, if you remember correctly, every one of his businesses failed, went into bankruptcy Oh, I'm a self-made man. Yeah, you self-made with your daddy's money. That's what made you self-made. You know what I'm saying? You know, just lie after lie after lie. And how about how he stood there like a toothless lion, lion, excuse me, talking about 
he he did not believe that Vladimir Putin had anything to do with the election. On the world stage for the world to see and how he's lobbying trying to get Russia back into the G, the G7 conference. I've never seen any other president bend over backwards for Russia. What's really going on there? <laughs> What's really up, as we as we like to say, because uh, Ronald Reagan asked a question when he was debating Jimmy Carter, and I could put it to you now, people: Are we better off now than we were four years ago? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's why, people, it's imperative that we go out and vote. And him and his cronies in, in the Senate and in the Congress are doing whatever they can to suppress votes all over the world. All you gotta do is look at, read your paper and look at TV. In the state of Kentucky, there are only 200 polling places for the entire state and the city of Louisville has over 650,000 inhabitants. Come on now. You just seen what happened in Georgia. This man don't want, he, he, he don't want to face a battle fair and square. He is trying to load the deck. So you've got to get out and vote. That's the reason why he got in this last time. Because people felt like uh, Hillary Clinton going to beat him hands down. Because you didn't get up off of it and vote. That's why we're going through this now, people. Serious business. Get up and vote. Because I know for a fact, I don't want four more years of this. I don't want four more years of this. And I hope you guys don't want it either. Serious business, people. We got to wake up. Because the coffee is percolating and brewing in the kitchen and the fragrance is going throughout the house. Wake up and smell the coffee, y'all. Because if you don't vote, not only do you not count, then you really don't have a right to have an opinion. Because voting is how your voice is heard. And to the people of color, I say this to you. We've only had the right to vote for the last 55 years. People got their heads bloodied. People got killed. People had fire hoses, had dogs sicked on them just for this right. And for you not to get up and exercise your right to vote, then you're spitting in the face of all the people who took that abuse so we could have that right. And how do you look at yourself in the mirror after that? Well, that's all I got to say right now, people. Like I said before, I welcome your comments. Just hit me up on my Facebook page, Mr. J. Look for the classic red 1970 Cadillac Coupe DeVille convertible. Once you see that, you'll know you're dealing with the J-Man. I hope I've enlightened you a little bit. 
I hope I've given you food for thought. I hope I've given you something to think about. Because at the end of the day, you got to think. As usual, as I conclude any of my broadcast, I dedicate it to my lovely fiance, Miss D. Williams, and to my two wonderful children, Jay Jones II and my daughter, Natalia Desiree. As I always tell you guys, daddy's living his dream right now. And if you work hard, you can live yours too. And a special shout out goes to the Duchess, Mrs. Rebecca Ho, the coolest 86 year old woman I've ever known. Much love to you, Mother Ho. Bishop Jack Spencer, thanks a lot for your words over the years. Pastor Cousin Daniel, Keep handling your business. Keep carrying on the family job. Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark, pastor, and First Lady Lenore Marie Clark, rock on. Thanks for the words. And to Pastor Gloria Cheney, here's looking at you too. And finally, Reverend Rena Baker, woo, you know you the, you know you the, you the lick, my sister. Until I talk to y'all next week, Take care, love one another, and remember, we're all God's children. Till next week, y'all. Peace.